0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Monk Podcast with Chris and Aaron.
1: <laughs> a everybody, name, a, a name we just came up <laughs> we with. We just invented Literally this one. Literally five, not even that, like 30 seconds <laughs> like ago. 30
0: seconds ago. It was awesome. It was epic, y'all. Um, thank y'all for listening to our podcast, and this is our first episode. Uh, my name is Chris. My name is Aaron. And we are glad to have you here. We hope that you enjoy this, and we hope that you learn something from our history, because our first episode is going to be our history and right. of our faith and where we come from and all of that kind of stuff. Thank y'all for listening. Let's go. Okay. Aaron, we'll talk to you about your, uh, there we go. Let's get, I was, right. I was let's go right into it. I was it.
1: drinking my, my, my <laughs> grape crush, no sponsorship available. <laughs> he uh, was. If want, I mean, a Grape crush wanted to sponsor us. That'd be great. Crush
0: is pretty good. It
1: is. I like, oh. I like grape. It's, it's yep. one of my old standbys. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> well, this I okay. So I started my, my Christian journey at like three years old. I have oh. a, I have a faint memory of either being like sitting down with someone and accepting Christ into my heart. Yeah, if I I'm doing an altar call or something. There's a distinct memory in my head of that something of of when I was young in that age yep. of accepting Christ. Yep. And so we started, and I don't I don't know where we went to church before. Um, and actually I wasn't three years old in Beaverton. Um, that would have been, so Beaverton Foursquare Church was our first big church that I remember going yep, to. Yep. I don't remember the churches we went to in Montana where I was born. Um, at five years old, um, we moved to Portland, Oregon with my brother Oh, darn. who had been born just earlier that in, in earlier, earlier Montana. And so I, my memories of Beaverton Foursquare, um, it's, it's a, it was, and I'm not, I, I haven't done any research and just see how they're doing these days, but even yep. Foursquare was one of the mega churches. If you were to call it a yep. mega church yep. before it was called, before there were mega churches, but Foursquare four was it a was large a community church, church. Yep. Got you. Um, and the four square denomination. And I had to actually do this research. but um, I was talking to somebody last week about that because she, it's one of a new person is coming to, is coming to Fort Morgan and I'm kind of helping them out. Yep. And they had, were like, Oh, well, what is, what are the, you know, what are the churches? You know, in the area, and so I was like, well, that's an interesting story. I guess we'll start with the basics. So Foursquare, people are like, oh, what does a Foursquare mean? Well, here's the thing. I didn't know for the longest time, (laughs) yeah, literally until like last week when she was like, well, what does a Foursquare mean? And I was like, I don't know. I was a member of it for a long time. (laughs) So here is from the actual Foursquare website, Foursquare.org. What does Foursquare mean? Our name reflects the unchanging ministry of Jesus Christ our mission to declare it worldwide. The four squares... It's not like four square on the, on the you know, on, at recess. Yep. The four squares represent the four scriptural roles of Jesus oh. as Savior, Baptizer with the Holy Spirit, Healer, and soon, soon coming King. There you go. So they've. Okay. And again, denominations do this. They will, yep. they will segment out their belief systems. What True. we believe, yep. and and it, it ends up saying pretty much the same thing across all borders, with some key differences, some especially differences. with the foursquare. Yep. And churches do this. They come up with their their mission, their beliefs. You know, we yep. subscribe to this Bible. We subscribe yep. yep. to They all do it. It, and foursquare is no exception. Yep. Here's the thing about foursquare churches. At least my experience in two of them so far in my lifetime. We're char- they're charismatic. And when I say charismatic, it's important to define because um, there's, a, there's a, it's, it's, a big, it's a big umbrella. <laughs> it is right? a big umbrella, yeah. So charismatic, what people might be familiar with charismatic churches is if you see people worshiping, their hands go up. Yep. You know, it's a one yep. hand. Like when you see two hands going up, well, oh boy, you're in you're, you're you're it. You're in it. The like there's something going on. Like people are really interacting. Yep. Uh, there's also like, again, this is all... <laughs> different denominations do charismatic stuff differently, but certain people put their hands up or put both hands up or they'll put one hand out in supplication yeah, or they'll put two hands out in supplication as they're singing or worshiping yeah, praying or whatever. Yep. There is any number of posturing that you do. There's millions of yeah, things uh, across so all denominations. Ways. And some denominations yep. do, they'll do like that. They, they are charismatic to a point. Yep. So up until what I've mentioned so far, some people out there might be going like, oh, Oh, we do that in our church. Like, I see a couple of raised hands. Like, that happens. Okay, great. This is where things start to change. And people will be like, wait, what? The, the church I was a part of in Denver yep. um, as a kid, and we left when I was in, I want to say middle school, um, was leaned heavily into charismatic. Yep. Um, like, there were... During worship services, hands were up, All, a lot of hands in the sanctuary. Two hands. Oh, yeah. Like, there was some – it wasn't any, like, dancing, but there was significant motion happening. Oh, and yeah. And sometimes for folks, that's that's too much. Oh, you you got people dancing to the worship music in the sanctuary. That's <laughs> that's
0: weird. You can't do that. You can't do that.
1: That's, that's crossing yep. the line. Yep. Uh, so they would do that. There was, in our main, in, in the main service, sometimes if people I was standing nearby, I would hear them speaking in tongues.
0: Ah, now
1: this is where it gets kind of challenging to talk about because there are a lot of schools of thought about the speaking in tongues there thing.
0: Is, there is, yeah, and
1: and I'm not here to say one's right or one's wrong. It's not my job. I'm not an edu- edu- educated theologian from a seminary. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't get my 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 MA or my doctorate in theological studies. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I have my understanding in my life of being a Christian to kind of draw that comparison there you go. and to yep. understand what I know. Yeah. So that would happen in main church sometimes and you would yep. you would hear it like and I was like, okay, whatever. So they were very charismatic. They believed in healing at times, like oh, yeah. laying hands on somebody. Yep. Yep. And then I've been a part of more like moderate churches and even conservative churches where when we're praying over a missionary, we're praying over someone in the morning, Exactly. And we, will, we will put hands on, yep. we'll all put hands on somebody and put hands. And so the, that's, right. that symbolism of the hand is is expressing the power of the whatever, as a yep. symbolistic thing. I don't, yep. I don't believe that you need to have your hands on somebody for prayer to work, but that's what I don't either. <laughs> yeah. But that's what, that's a practice that some churches do. They do. And so yeah. that was happening in, in my church in Denver there was a moment, so we they would have summer camp every year. We would go to church camp, and that yep. was just a thing. It was awesome. Yep. It was great. It was um, Camp Wonderview. It still exists. I don't know if the Foursquare Church still uses it or what it's become, but it is a it's still a Christian church of some kind. Camp Wonderview was a lot of fun. Like we yep. all, it's it's what you would imagine as a summer as summer church camp, big old tent, a t- tin metal like structures oh, where I mean, actually- we were all in bunks. Um, oh, this, is, this was the age of you just were all in bunks. There was yep. you no know, cabins. That wasn't a thing. It was just these big old things. Yep. The best part was is that when the storms rolled in <laughs> and the lightning started crashing, we couldn't stay in those big metal structures because <laughs> like that's not a good idea. And we didn't understand that as kids. And they're just like, oh, yeah, no, we can't do that. I'm sure they've changed the accommodations. Hopefully, oh, yeah. if after 23 years, they haven't figured that out, that's on them. Actually, more it was more than 23 years. It's been like 25 years because it was the late, oh. the late 90s. That um, that was that the mapping. best time in history. Oh gosh, good was old it... good old nineties. Yeah, they so, were. So anyway, this was also in the midst of what some would call the conservative coalition. Oh, gotcha. Of, you. of okay. Pat Robertson's and oh. a lot of people were kind of stretching their their political muscle. The Bakers? I, I don't. They were before that, but we're talking like Pat Robertson, CDN. Oh yeah. Um, Focus on the family. Oh yeah. Uh, those kind of guys were really starting to kind of kind of make some noise about yep. the situation in the world that they yep. felt needed to be addressed. Yep, And often that, that rhetoric was about the fight, the fight for mm-hmm. first against sin, the fight against the bat, like all of these things. Yep. And so two, and two things were, were significant in my time at that church. Uh, the first one was we went to a, I don't even know what it was. It was like an event, a weekend retreat, um, where it was like a, a almost like a like a boot camp kind of environment um, like mm. the, the leader who was doing a lot of the talking was dressed in like fatigues and had like a beret on and okay. he was he was talking and again it's been a long time but i remember distinctly him saying that we were the one true re- religion we were the one true faith and that we were, he was a declared enemy of the Pope. Like he had been declared an enemy of the Pope and he was proud to be an, an, a, 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 yeah, that whole, it was. And for me, I was it, even like at that age, I was pretty gullible. Like I, I wasn't oh, really yeah. critically thinking cause your brain's not, but even me at that point was like, what, why so are you the declared enemy of the Pope? Like what is going on here? And so that was part, the part that kind of unsettled me. I was like, because I had friends who were Catholics, and I knew yeah. I knew I enough about lot the Catholic religion to be like, I don't, yeah. I don't know how true this is. And the second one, I don't know if it came before or after that event, um, but we had a, a, a summer camp one year. And so we were, it was, there was a lot of, it was also, this was a lot of the, t- during like the Billy Graham time, where a lot ah, of, like they were talking a yeah. lot about like, yeah. hey, we're going to have a revolution. We're going to have an awakening. It's going to be, you know, we are expectant that God's going to to speak and move. And yep. so there was a lot of that. And the danger in that is that if <laughs> you, if you are kind of building yourself up to, oh, we're going to have a, we're going to have a moment. This is going to happen. yeah you're going to find a way to make it happen like it's not oh, going to actually yeah. happen because god moved it's going to happen because you forced you, it you forced it or you moved yeah. or you made it seem like it was happening yep. um and it was it was a very weird and unique time i think and and there, people who were alive during this time in the late 90s mm-hmm. mid 90s mid 90s to late 90s yep because by the time i graduated high school we had moved churches and i was in a different place Darn. but there was this Almost like we like so like DC Talk was on mainstream radio. Oh, Jesus Freak was playing on mainstream radio. DC Talk, DC Talk was making inroads into actual like normal rate terrestrial radio, and so that was a very interesting dynamic because people felt like, oh man, like Christian Christian music was experiencing. Almost like a, a a rebirth. Like you had DC Talk, Audio Adrenaline, Newsboys, all oh, these audio bands like Supertones, Five Iron <laughs> Frenzy, oh, Mx, PX, all this like just explosion beyond the Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah. And no shame on Stephen Curtis Chapman. Fantastic <laughs> artist, incredible singer. Ben, yeah. And he has a, whatever, but the, for the young folks, for us, the youth, we were looking for different music. We weren't looking yeah. for the hymns. Or the Stephen Curtis Chapman's, yep. you know, it, it didn't. It was good. Like I enjoyed listening to it. Ish, yep. but all of a sudden, if I had the Newsboys talking, about, oh, we're going there. <laughs> like that's, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, going to listen to that. So, exactly right. Yeah. Jars of Clay was also in that mix. Oh, they're good. And so, yep. th- but that was where they started. That's where it all yep. came. And so, yep. suddenly Christians felt like, hey, we've got, we've got an identity. We've got people are listening to us. We're wait, we need to move. We need to make this. We need to make the most of it.
0: And it uh-huh. felt.
1: And this again is just an opinion perspective on my side yep. of things. Yep. People are going to disagree with me, but. It felt like suddenly Christians were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're taking the world. We're gonna go do this. We're we're storming the gates. And the danger with 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 that rhetoric is you end up creating an adversarial relationship with the world, and you say, Ooh. well, we're right and they're wrong. And biblically, oh, that's good. Biblically, oh. judging isn't our job. Mm-mm. We're not in charge of judging the world because it, there's a, a I mean, there's a lot of verses, but the verse about you know, hey, if I find a speck in your eye, I got a wood plank in mind. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't tell us not to like if someone asks us, do you believe this is a sin? Be like, yeah, it is. But it's not my job to judge you. It's my job to say if you ask me, no, and then love you and try you and truth. help you. Hey, like, yeah. I got a guy named Jesus, and maybe this will this will help you. But you, if you don't want it, then awesome. Let's go on our merry way. And I think the danger what, what a lot of, what came out of that late early mid 90s early 90s, sorry mid 90s late 90s into the 2000s. Is that it became this antagonistic relationship oh. with Christian, with with mainstream Christianity, like a war? Yeah, and it was sold that way in a lot of different it was. in in, in, in yeah. smaller segment segments and communities. Uh, we're at a war with the world. We're at war with the world. We need to fight the world. We need to this. We're, we God is calling us to battle. God is calling us to stand up for Christ, and. You know uh-huh. if, if you were naive and, and, and gullible enough to believe that oh yeah we're just we're just talking about that but here's the thing you sell that long enough you say it long enough yep. you start to believe that yeah the enemy is the world and why man i don't have i have friends who listen to who listen to music that's inappropriate man they worship at the altar of britney spears <gasps> they're sinners i can't i can't be friends with them a lot of so this so i forgot a third instance so before <laughs> i get to this they get to the the, the one good. at the camp so a lot of churches in the mid-'90s, late-'90s yep. would hold music-burning parties yep. where you would bring CDs that if you were listening to secular music, mm. you bring that music to a night bonfire and tossed your your bad secular CDs into the fire huh. and burned them, which if you take a step back and look at it now as me as a 41-year-old, <laughs> yeah. wholly inappropriate because it hearkened, and again, we the people who were leading it probably didn't think this far down, they the road probably did know about how we were burning stuff. It, but it was a, it was definitely reminiscent of people book burnings and the Nazi oh. book burn. And so, oh, that's yeah. Good. So that's now, a good point. now, it's like, whoa, okay. wait okay. a second. But they weren't yeah. thinking that far along. They were yeah. so sp- caught up in the in the fervor of we need to save our kids. Our kids uh, need to be listening to the right music because they're like I said, you had all these incredible music Christian music artists who were really kicking it and I'm doing amazing music, and kids were going to concerts. DC Talk plays. Like, I went to Newsboys and Supertones at Red Rocks at one point in my life. I Ooh. don't remember what year it was, but the Newsboys and Supertones played at Red Rocks. Oh, my goodness. That's how big it was. And you had That's pretty con- big. people with thousands upon thousands. They would fill concert venues. And this was also at the time where um, Phil McCartney at CSU was doing promise keepers. And so that oh, was yeah. a big thing there where all of a sudden men were being given the, t- t- being told, Oh my gosh, you can be a good man. You can, you can follow Christ in your family and help your family follow the So all of that is a perfect storm. So mm. yeah. So you want to hear the funniest part? Oh, I didn't yeah. own any secular music at the time of that burning situation. So I didn't want to be <laughs> left out. Right. I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to, I want to have something to burn. <laughs> So I literally went to my parents and was like, "Is there, is there any like, can I look through the records to find something to burn?" Don't want to be left out. And so, do you want to know what I brought to that burning? What, what did you bring out? The sound, the record soundtrack to Doctor Zhivago. Oh my God. <laughs> it was. Lo- and looking back on that, and even at the time, I was like, "This is." I was like, I, I this felt, is ridiculous." But I, man. but I didn't. Have, I, I, if I showed up without anything to burn, yeah. Well, then clearly you're not following, you're not listening. You should be, you need to look to yourself if you don't have a record to burn. And so, and I think they brought magazines, like bad magazines, like if you were reading Teen Beat or some such nonsense or whatever, you could bring that. But I, I did, I literally, I listened to oldies and I listened to Christian music in my house.
0: That's what I did. That wasn't,
1: that wasn't like, like my parents weren't didn't force it on me, but I enjoyed listening to Cool One Hundred Five back when it was Cool One Hundred Five, and it was actual oldies. Yeah, and I enjoyed you know jamming to my Christian music because that was a big part of my identity. I was following Christ.
0: Yep. So,
1: the third thing that really kind of put put in it, put the Foursquare situation experience for me in a bad place. So we went to the camp. And like I said, there's there's a danger with charismatic churches and They're local charismatic churches that just, they, they go whole hog into oh, the yeah. healings, speaking in tongues, um, the getting slayed in the spirit, quote unquote. Have you ever the... seen Benny Hinn when he's on, and I don't, I don't think he's around anymore, but he would, he was, he would, you <laughs> oh, would watch his show on like CGN or CN whatever. And yep. he'd be like, I'm want to blame my hand. And that person would just lose it and fall and over. Start
0: going into convulsions. Convulsions.
1: And he'd be like, I hang you. And they'd be like, i me. And it was just like. Oh my god! So but it was like that isn't... was, that was the 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 darker corners of this Christian movement that was happening. I think it's a mockery in the mid nineties. Well, we didn't personally. Think, we, I I thought it was weird. It's weird, yeah. And so we went to camp. the The last year we went to camp. Yep. Yeah. And we were a we were a we were a. I want to say we were a motley bunch because that's that's mean. But we were a we were a they, the group the friends that the friends and people that went up to the camp, um, there was an unusual energy in that group of people who really wanted to experience God. Oh, I see. and wanted that moment, and yeah. wanted to like they had been they had been fed this line that the church is going to move, the church is going to happen, the yeah. church is expecting, We're expecting great things. Yeah. Um. And the danger if you say that is is that you have now an unconscious or at certain points conscious need to fulfill what has been preached
0: that's a good point
1: because if it doesn't get fulfilled then the jokes on the pastor and the church is a joke and we're a joke and everyone's a joke because we did nothing and then you start going well we just didn't pray hard enough or we didn't tithe hard enough or we, oh, yeah, we, didn't, yeah. we didn't mission we didn't do our missions i've actually seen that before yeah, yeah. And it, it's really yeah. uncomfortable because you're just like no it's nothing like yeah if your church dissolves in in, th- in three weeks yeah and you're property gets seized and it's a scorched earth policy, there might be a sign being sent to you that you need to get out of ministry. Like, okay, there's certain things, okay, God might be saying, you know what, you're done, son, get out. But generally, and this is, again, a personal perspective, Yeah, it, it doesn't work that way. Because if you're following Christ, if you're following his teachings, mm-hmm. there's a natural bend to the world that that people will come and, and be a part of your community because you're preaching the truth. Now, the other flip side is true is that if you preach like Joel Osteen's, like, prosperity gospel, uh-huh. people will come because they're going to be told that they just need to give money and they'll get rich and they'll have prosperity uh-huh, uh-huh, and everything will be great, which is the darker side of the whole, there like, well, we have people. Yeah, but you're selling them snake oil. You're a snake oil salesman, Joel Osteen, and I don't care who hears it. A like, I will repeat oil. that. I will repeat oh, there. that. I, me and Joel Osteen, man, never met the man, but every time I get talking about him, I just lose it because I'm just like this. And it's been going on for years.
0: It's annoying. Yeah. Years and yeah.
1: years of this. Um, and people still buy it, but a lot of people have turned away from him because they figured out that the prosperity gospel—it's not the way. Not so the my way point of this it. is, is that if yeah. you're if you're living your life and li- want, and running your church as close to Christ's mission and Christ's Christ, what would Jesus do, kind of thing, you're probably going to be okay. Your church you is going to function. Yep. But there's again that idea, if because if you start to tell God what He's going to do. He's not going to. Uh, that it. ain't the way it you works. You don't tell God what to do. You <laughs> yeah. don't. You don't tell that man or he's that the, being. He's the teller. <laughs> he's the. Yeah. He's the one. He's the one to be like, move. And you're like, okay. Um. So there was a lot of that point. swirling around our church of there is yeah. a there is something coming. The, the 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 and a lot of churches will do this like Christ is coming back soon. You don't know when he's coming back. He hey, said you
0: don't know. You won't know, you won't know the
1: day or the time. Like get over yourself. <laughs> Stop said, trying that. But churches still do it. And so still... the church this church it felt like they were saying, "We we are awaiting Christ's return. We're working for yeah. the Christ." Like yeah. and the danger is like, "Oh, we're not really thinking he's coming back." He's like, "Yeah, but you know what you're doing with your with your rhetoric is you're basically saying it's going to happen and it's coming soon and we should be we should be like ready for it." And Yes, you should be ready for it. But also, if you're getting ready for it, you're going to start to do things that you normally wouldn't do, and you're going to start to wow. set up this this idea that Christ is coming back, and we're the ones He's coming back for. We're the we're the ones they're going to be there for. It. And It's like no you don't get to claim exclusionary there's no exclusionary clause in in the bible for a certain church doing the right things it's all or nothing baby christ comes back for everybody and judges everybody and we deal with it from there so there was a it's lot a of valid that point there's a yeah there was, so there was a lot point. there was a lot of that going on in, that time in our group uh they were like he's coming back jesus is coming we got to be ready be ready lord jesus be ready lord jesus and so one of the nights hmm. The leader, I don't know, I don't think he was one of ours. I think we were there, we were there with a bunch of other churches, and the leader was like, "If you want to be given the gifts of speaking in tongues, you may come forward. We will pray for you, and we will anoint you with that power and that gift." Okay, but pause that conversation for a second. First of all, you laugh because yeah, it's just nuts to think of that now. Yeah, that's nonsense. Here's true. the thing about speaking in tongues: is it is not just something you just flick on. And a lot of people, and I'm particularly, so I use the statement of where I sit and where I stand. So when I when I say where I stand, I believe it wholeheartedly. I'm not debating it. This is what I'm doing. I'm yep. standing on this rock. Yep. When I say I'm sitting, I'm still thinking. Yeah. I haven't quite made up my mind. and I'm still working to figure this out. Yep. I still am sitting on the speaking in tongues conversation. Huh. 23 plus years, 25 years after this oh happened, still sitting in it. But what I do know and what I would probably like sit up a little bit and maybe stand on my... It's like, hun- like hunch-on <laughs> would be that yep. speaking in tongues is not a permanent gifting. Hmm. And I don't – because I don't – That's an
0: interesting thought. I don't sure. think
1: – because I don't think – because what if if it's permanent? Well, now you're – there are people going to come to you for it. It's true. They're going to come to you yep. seeking your speaking in tongues gift. And they I will. don't feel, yep. again – like that's how God works. Now it again, I, I could be wrong, and I've I have been wrong theologically in my own share. Me too. But when it comes to this, because you look at the you look at what happened in um, at the first pa- not the first Passover at the when the when the tongues of fire were above Oh, the cloven head, and, tongue, and, yeah, yeah. In um, in I think it's Romans, Acts, Acts. Sorry, that yeah, was in I Acts. Get, I get the two. they are two great books, but they're both good. They're both yeah, great, they but are. it was yeah, it was the church. The Acts church, okay. Yeah. So, but the speaking in tongues thing that happened in that moment was temporary. It didn't stay that way. It didn't. It was temporary. Yeah. And so that's what, a good point, What too. I believe sure. is that those spiritual moments, those gifts, whatever we call them, speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. um, proselytizing, um, being able to predict the future, whatever, those are not permanent giftings. Those are not something that you just have forever. It's something oh, that God says, oh, hey, I need you in this moment to be able to do this. Boom, that's Here happening. it is, yeah. But the speaking in tongues, man, thing also requires discernment. Someone's got to interpret. Someone's got the to The Bible to...
0: requires that. It does. It does say it's that. It's a
1: huge part. And so someone's got to be there to interpret. Someone's got to be there to verify yep. is this just, just this gibberish? Is this truly the word of God that is coming out of this person's mouth? There have been cases that I have either experienced or been told of by trusted people that I in trust when it comes to faith yeah. where they said, no, what they were saying was number one it was gibberish. No one could translate it. It was no known language, which tells you something. Yeah. Number two, they were like, well, we translated it and it wasn't God. There was not a God element in those words. It oh. was definitely a darker thing that they touched. And that's what unsettled me the most. When I, hear, when, that, when I hear that story, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to play with that. And so speaking in tongues is definitely a thing. It exists, it, it happens, yep. it's a thing. However, you have to be very mindful of how much you lean into that because it it can be very easily manipulated, misinterpreted, Ooh. and abused. Oh, and y'all when listening it, to this, when, when, man? When you, when you talk about a, when you talk about Christian, so like it's not like you're a history teacher and you've interpreted an event differently. Yeah, like oh well, this this event where this man said this his word. No, this you you don't get to you don't get to misinterpret God. He's not to be misinterpreted. That's right. His word is pretty much, there it is. You don't get to be like, <laughs> well, I think that God meant this. You don't get, I mean, you yeah, don't. you have, but here's the thing, you, you have you have people who do commentaries, right? Yeah. But they are so well-researched. They are pulling up records. They are pulling That's up right. scripts. They are pulling yep. up archaeological, de- like, they come to these conclusions with, like, a lot of research. They do. And, and even then, they're always like, I want to make sure I don't, like, you don't, don't want, want to jack it up. up, yeah. And so, when it comes to the speaking in tongues or the or the or the, or the prophecy, because yeah. there is a gift of prophecy, yeah, you have to be mindful that ninety five percent of the time, and that's a big number, I know, I don't, I don't trust it. And I, and I, a I why would say I, that's accurate because yeah. you, like, you, you, if you go to kick the tires on the church website or you start to kind of dig into what's going on or what's being said, yeah, you are like, I don't know, your shady. your your mission statement doesn't really work really well. I'm not sure about this. This is weird. Yeah. So anyway, so they, they said, it's hey, hard. come, right. come forth. And if you want to come forth, be prayed over, you'll be given the gifts of tongues. So, okay. So all my friends are going up and they're like getting prayed on there. Bla, 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 and there, some of them are like falling on the floor. Others are bla, 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 they're speaking tongues. And, right there to pray, bla, bla, bla. and I'm just like, as all my a lot of my friends are going up there. I'm like, I don't, I need to go up there. Now I didn't want it. I had no need for it. It's like, weird i don't really want that yeah but because all of my fellow friends at my church were going up and Uh, having this experience little 13 12 year old me Mm -hmm. is like well i gotta go up if i don't go up what are they gonna say about me because this was also i was in middle school at this point and i was i was being bullied in middle school and so i had on top of that i had my middle school bullying experience where people were judging me as it was about how i dressed looked whatever and so i'm just like. Well, I—if I can control some element of my bullying experience, I'm gonna control. I'm it gonna here. do it. Yep. I'm gonna—I'm gonna avoid getting picked on and bullied by my church friends that I didn't. Oh, you didn't up and get prayed on to get the word of the. Word.
0: You're so, already getting bullied enough. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've,
1: I've got I've got enough of it on one front. I, and yeah. I and reality of it is, if I hadn't gone up, I don't think they would have. They wouldn't have. But that's 41-year-old Aaron. That's not 12 or 13-year-old <laughs> Aaron. 12 <laughs> or 13-year-old Aaron, his world is tiny. That's a different Aaron. <sighs> sure. Yeah, a very different Aaron. And yep. I, God love that 13-year-old, 12-year-old Aaron. <laughs> yeah, no I don't kidding. want to go back to that. No, uh, me I, neither. I, I've, nope. I I look back on that and I go, oh, I was uh-huh. such a little nerd. I was such a little nerd. I was an idiot back then. Well, and I just I didn't know who I was. Yeah. And I was I trying— Didn't want to be like everybody else. I didn't want to. That's how I was. was, And I was a Christian, and Christians aren't supposed to be like everybody else. And so I was trying to find. It was a mess.
0: See, for me, I was the opposite. Yeah. I wanted to be normal. Yeah. But I wasn't. Right. So I tried. I'm like, well, what? How do I become normal? Right. But I'm a Christian. How do I become normal? Right. When I found out later, you're a Christian. You're not normal like everybody else. It's
1: there's you're set apart. That's a good thing. Agreed. So I go up. And it's a long walk to the front. Mm-hmm. And I there's like, I don't know, it felt like seven or ten people at each station for praying. Yep, yep. So I'm like, and I was terrified. I was scared. I was like, okay, what's going to happen? Am I going to lose my <laughs> mind? Am I going to black out when I get slain in the spirit? What's gonna yeah, am I going to fall over? <laughs> but I was like, I, the overriding pure pressure yep. pushed me forth, forward. Ooh, uh, man, and that's... so it, it sucked. It was like, I wish I could go back to that day and just talk to someone and be like, don't do this to these kids. Just don't. You're, these kids don't know what they're doing. They don't know who they are. You're, no. You are putting a lot of theological weight that they can't even have any hope of discerning what they At think. At their age. Right. There's no, no way. You're, you are taking yeah. you are taking heavyweight, like a Muhammad Ali level of like boxing situations, oh, yeah. Yeah. and you are tossing that to a peewee. There's no way. They're going to collapse into the weight, and they're not going to know what they're doing. That's a good point. <sighs> So I go up, and I get on the hands that are prayed over me, and they pray. And some of them are speaking in tongues. Oh, you know, i pray for Aaron to be received. And then they say, amen. And nothing happens. And I remember this as clear as day. And I know memory is troublesome, and, and it, it could is. have happened in another way. But what I remember, and I, I I very much want to make that clear. What I remember is nothing happened. I looked up, and I said, okay, Thanks and walked back to my seat. Now, here's what happens on the other side of that. So I didn't get the gift. Yeah. I didn't feel anything. I didn't get slain in the spirit. Yeah. Nothing that happened to my friends or the people in my youth group happens. Darn. What's wrong with me?
0: Oh, no. What did I do wrong?
1: Oh, What's no. wrong with my heart? Why didn't God give me this gift? Where did I screw up? And was I, was I worthy enough or wasn't worthy enough? Or all of those questions that... No 12 and 13-year-old child they should not should actually, have to ask no, about themselves when it comes to their faith and their Christian faith with Jesus. Yep. And I don't remember how long I sat in that. I never told my parents until we were long gone from that church and years later where I said, hey, do you guys know what this happened? And they were shocked they were furious they're like you that happened and i was like yeah and i said i was so embarrassed isn't gonna tell you and they're like we are so sorry we held you on that long cuz the reason why they didn't they left the church i can't remember the reasons but they were they were valid sitting down with them years later and talking to them about it they're like yeah here's what i was like holy crap yeah get me out of here like why would you keep stay <laughs> and the reason why they they tried to stay is because it was a place where i was in youth group and i was loving it I had a, I had some great friends I had a great pastor we did summer activities I was I, my, so my, when I talk about middle school bullying, my middle school youth my middle school youth group or my late elementary youth group at that fellow at that Foursquare church saved me. If it hadn't been for them, I wouldn't have made it and I'm Darn. being honest and visceral and, and pretty transparent here um, because suicide was a possibility in my head. In, at that time of my life. I considered, oh I thought out how I would do it at a certain point, I remember that piece. That's but crazy. I kept coming back to my youth group because I like, I enjoyed the pastor, I enjoyed the community, I enjoyed the people. I had a place oh to belong goodness, to, right? Gracious. So even, even in its dysfunction and yeah. its, its issues, it was still a place that I needed. Now, do I blame them for the charismatic pieces that had an effect? Absolutely. Without question, I do. It makes me really, 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 really cranky. Because that should never have been done to a child. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was a child. I was, not a, I was not a grown 16, 17 year old developing into a persona like I was middle schooler, if that. Yeah. And so that all of that experience, we left the church, we went to non denominational church. Yeah. It's called Colorado Community. Sorry, interdenominational or non-denominational. It's called Colorado Community Church.
0: Yeah. And
1: that was a it was night and day. Oh, Bel- darn. like it was like there was no charismatic healings. It was we're going to worship and we're going to we're going to hang out and we're going to learn. And we've got really detailed lessons and we're taking on and we're doing stuff. Hey, do you want to volunteer with kids? So that's where I started working with kids.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. And I started
1: serving in the fifth grade. I started in tots and toddlers and then I got they moved me up to fifth grade. And it just the, the rest is history there. I, I, I for the like up until like 2000 whenever I went back to school to become a teacher, I was involved in some capacity in the churches that I've been a part of in children's ministry and student ministry. Just never, it never, and so that started there. Turn. So we went to that church. It was a night and day. It was an incredible church. I had incredible mentors, people who were genuinely interested in me. We came to, f- we, so that was great. I had great churches. I went to Colorado Community Church. went to Grace Chapel. Yep. I went to a whole bunch of churches in the Denver area. Um, Red Rocks was a, community, was a church we went to for a bit. A lot of the mega churches, whatever. Yep. So in 2018, we moved up here to Fort Morgan, and we had to go church shopping. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you've ever been church shopping. It's an experience. <sighs> it's hard. And so... We tried a couple of churches. We tried. Yeah. Um, there's a church out here that's Seventh Day Adventist. That was not a fun no, experience. No, thank you. <laughs> they anoint they anoint things with oil, and that's yeah. that, that's, that's that's that harkened back to my Foursquare experience. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't like this. Yeah. We tried out a couple other churches, but they were so small that we were like fresh blood. Like it was like, oh my gosh, stay with us, please, don't leave us. Th- yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're just like, whoa, <laughs> here we are. So we then ended up at a Foursquare church at the local Foursquare church. <laughs> And everything was fine. I was nervous, but my wife was like, hey, we got to try it. i like, okay, we'll try it. I'll let yep. go of my previous experience. There you I'm go. I'm not going to forget it, but yep. I'm going to move past it and we'll do this. And so it worked pretty well. I started yep. doing sound for them. Uh, my wife started helping with worship. Yep. And it was great. Yep. There were moments of just like, I don't know if that's theologically sound. Like The, te- the preaching was never really like, woo It was just kind of like, okay. You,
0: you see stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. You're just kind of like, yeah. oh, we're not it's quite so ready easy. to,
1: like, oh, I don't know about this. So there came a Sunday where the teaching went off the rails and it swerved directly into the old stuff I was used to. I won't go into details what was preached because obviously the church is still there. Yep. Um, and I, if you go to that, if you go to a four square church, I'm not, I'm not naming or shaming you like that's your choice, but yep. my experience now two churches has, has not been great. Um, and so the teaching was, was very to me blatantly out of control. Ooh. And I, I, my me, my wife kind of warned me that morning because she had seen the notes because she was helping lead worship. She's like, "I need you to take a look at this and listen to what he says because I'm kind of concerned about what's going to be said today." I was like, "Okay." And so he the preacher preached, and I was just like, "What in the heck? Um, what just happened?" There's a so there's a so I love the Muppets, right? And there's a quote from Kermit. It's like a three-second clip on YouTube, and it's fantastic. It's from the Muppet Show, and somebody comes up to him and says something. And because you can't curse on the Muppet Show, and I'm not going to curse on this podcast, Kermit's response to it is "The heck you say." So that's the my response. The say. heck you say. <laughs> so my response to that to, to that teaching was "The heck you say." And so me and my wife had a long conversation after church.
0: Oh yeah. And it was
1: like, I don't. This is not. I'm not comfortable. I said. I said you can. You, if you want to keep doing this, great. I'm not going to be here. I'm done. I'm out. That's it. Oh, we gotta, darn. We, we got to make a move. And she had a long, she had some thinking about it. She's like, you know what? You're right. That really doesn't. And she's a younger, she's a newer Christian than I am. Yep. She came to Christ in her college years. Ah. Whereas I've been a lifelong Christian. I've attended deep Bible studies, whatever. You gotta. Yep. So we let them know we're going to take a break. We need to step away a little bit. Yep. I think they figured out that we weren't going to come back, but it was yep. just like, hey, let's, we're, we're setting a 30 day or we set like a three weeks. Like, hey, three weeks, the three weeks we're done. Find somebody else to run your soundboard think like he's not going to help you with, with yeah. worship anymore. Whatever. And on the last Sunday, it may have been the last Sunday or the second to last Sunday, there was a, something happening behind in the back after church was over. Mm-hmm. There was prayer being given to a, a gentleman in a wheelchair. Yeah. And this person had been ill for quite some time. This was not a random like he didn't just lose their legs. They, they, it's been ongoing. They've had ongoing sicknesses, and it wasn't just their legs. There was illnesses beyond that. Darn. And they prayed and prayed for healing. And at the end of the prayer, they said, amen. They said, Hey, get up and walk. And so the gentleman, that's dangerous, like struggled to get up and then stumbled a few steps and then had to go back to his chair. What was said was you're witnessing a miracle. He's walking. He's walking. This is a miracle. Y'all. This is a miracle. Again, discernment, interpretation <laughs> yeah. and verification.
0: It's very important.
1: You got to do that. And yeah. so I'm watching this and going, that's not a miracle. No. He was able to get up. He probably, he's probably been able to do that before. This was not a, I'm a heel. Look at me. Jump on Jehoshaphat. I'm running. Woo. I'm dancing. Tap dancing. Da, 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 da. No, <laughs> that wasn't the thing. <laughs> no, it, he stumbled. <laughs> it, he, 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 it was a shamble. And so, but there wasn't like, oh my gosh, we need to verify this. Yeah. We need to take. Hey, let's 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 get some let's get the past together. Let's compare. Let's let's make sure that like. Take him to the doctor. Take him to the doctor. Yeah. Like, none of that. Oh, it's a miracle. You're witness. He is. He is walking. He's walking. Oh. like. And so it it. And I don't know if it was an if it was conscious in their heads or if it was just an unconscious part of uh, them having been a part of this this world for so long. Yeah. That oh, it's a healing. They're healed. You're witnessing a miracle. He walked. Not well. Yes, and Maybe probably God sh- helped him stand. And there was some instrumental pieces in his faith there. But don't I don't I I, I'm, I was struggling to go. Yeah, no, that was that wasn't a miracle of walking. Yeah. Either God shows up or he doesn't, and he doesn't show up halfway. There's never a no. Half, he doesn't. There's not a half. Oh, God, kind of helped me walk. No, either God helped you walk or he didn't. It's like, a valid point. You got because yeah, God's not a God is not a small God. No, he's not. God is the he's the big one. He's the biggin. He's the biggest guy on the block. He overrides everything. He is the all in all. Like yeah. you worship songs have been sung about this. Um, God is bigger. He is bigger. bigger. That's no that's, God there's no comparison. Bigger. He's not bigger than. He's just he's bigger. Yeah. And so it was just kind of that moment of like, okay, well I'm glad we're going. <laughs> so no. we left we left that church, um, and we ended up at the Methodist Church. Yep, and we've been there two years now, I think. Oh, darn! And we have found the messaging to be competent. We have found the theology to be pretty on target. There's a couple of them there's like, a couple a things, couple things. There's yeah. like yeah, I don't know about that, but it's not like, oh my gosh, you're a heretic, you're a blasphemer. Get the church on the line. We need the holy water, and the exorcist, and the whole, and then we need to get we the pope have in to here. Get the pope yeah, on the line. You got the pope on this one. Pope's got to come in on in a in a, in a the in Pope's air. exorcist. Yeah, has yeah pe- get here. <laughs> <laughs> Hopes exorcist, yeah, that's that's someone we can call. We have we have on speed dial, uh, so it was it, it was like everything was right again. Yeah, and yeah. we we've been a part of that ch- this church for now two years. I think it feels like two years. It could be a little shorter than that, but it's been it's been affirming. It's been community. Yeah, they've been they they do ministry. They do they do that. They don't they don't talk about the stuff that's pretty kind. It's, they don't talk about the stuff that's out there and requires. Like okay, well, we got we actually got to figure that out. Um there's it's it's a pretty standards. I mean Methodists are. They're not yep. they're not extru- they're not crazy. They're not you know going out and, you know, throwing bibles at people and they're just, you know, but they nope. are they are consistent and they're slow but steady. And yep. slow but steady wins the race. That's exactly and right. We're not it we the first will be last and the last will be first. We're not in it to win What's it. We're not in here we're not in it to cross the line and say we are good Christians. We're in it to be behind everybody and help get everyone there because in the race to Turn. heaven, in the race of life if you're at the front, what are you doing? You're leading. You're leaving everybody right. behind. You're, leading, you're <laughs> leading. Who are you leading for? Yeah. Are you leading for yourself, or are you leading for the like, for your for your flag to say we made it, we first? Or are you in the back of the pack or in the middle, spread around, encouraging, yeah. helping, ministering?
0: That's a very good point.
1: And I, I and there Man. are church, there are churches out there who you know they do they do some stupid stuff where it's they like do. this is not Christ like at all what are you doing this is not what Christ wants she is not telling um, you And it's to an, do it's that. it that WWJD came out of that early 90s mid 90s late it 90s did. it was it the WWG bracelets um, it was a lot of a everywhere. lot of that. yeah everywhere it was always about to, what it would was. Jesus do and I, th- I think it still stands up today. I think there's some things that you can people will use the WWGD as like a like a cudgel to beat people up. Well, you're not doing what Jesus said you're going to do. It's like, okay, buddy, when stop st- doing Are that. you are you, st- <laughs> st- have you, do you are you a theologian? How, do you are you a Christian? Have you applied all of Christ's teachings to your life? Because yeah. let me guarantee you, and this is a conversation for another time, the Christ Christ's teachings. There's a lot of picking and choosing that happens in a lot of what we get from people like celebrities being like, well, the Christian church they should be helping the sick and saving the poor. It's like great. Do you know what the church Christian church also talks about? It also talks about having all that money and not being in it for yourself and being selfish and putting yourself on a pedestal. Mm. Do you know what you're doing, Khloe Kardashian? You're doing just that. So get off your pedestal, sell all your belongings, <laughs> abandon this, whatever thing Lifestyle. that you're pursuing, yep. and let's get, you come hang out with us in the Acts in the Rome Church, where we commune and we pull together. That's right. Like But that's, but again, that's the, that's the thing about the Christ... What would Jesus do, and what would the Romans and Acts Church do, and what would the what would Paul do, what would what would Peter do, what would what would these dudes Good do? Point. And the answer is, well, he, you you probably know the answer, but you're uncomfortable with it, you and don't you don't want to want do, do it. Yeah, you don't want to do it. And I mean, I am far from being perfect Christian. Like I mess up several times a day. Like we're wow. we're imperfect humans. Yeah. But my goal is in my faith with Christ is, at the end of the day figuring out how to be better and how to seek his forgiveness, seek his mercy and grace, Good. start the day anew and get back to ministry to people working and encouraging people and helping people and not doing it because it gets me a crown in heaven. Cause pff, I don't want a crown. Give me like a hat. Give me, give me a Jesus hat, you know. Give me, give me one with, with the little silver sticker. I'm, I'm happy with that. Give me one of them. Give me one of them hood. Li- they get one of the lids. Give me a lid, you know. That's real, <laughs> it's real, stylish. You know, I can, I can wear around and be like, I'm cool. Cock it to the side and be like, what's up? Like, I don't care about my, my that. I, I, I care about did I make a difference for Jesus? That's right. And did I impact the world for him? And in my interactions with everybody, from start to finish, top to bottom, side to side, did everything I do reflect Christ? And if that, if that was truly the way things worked in the Christian church and beyond, with those people who oh tend to goodness. who tend to get mad at Christians, while well, you're not doing it, it's like, great, but you don't want this because you're not a part of this, so you're just gonna sit there and criticize and throw rocks. There's a guy Ooh. named Stephen. They stoned him. <laughs> they did. And, and look they, at what happened to uh, him. Right. He became the martyr. He became his the his very first. Like, I mean, that, I, I freely admit that that metaphor is very mixed of what I just kind of alluded to. <laughs> so but forgive it was good. me. <laughs> forgive me. I was just because I get fired up about it. I'm just like, come on, y'all. To, to echo you, you say, you say that. Come yeah. on, y'all. So my story is, you know, I I started in a church that was charismatic, and yep. I got out of that, and and then I was exi- I was in a, and then and then I got back into it, and I found out the same stuff still there. At the core and i was like i can't do it so i am always going to preach moderate i'm never going to preach conservative or liberal when it comes to churches and it comes to faith because the danger of being conservative or liberal with your faith is you end up forgetting what sits in the middle and Uh to draw the metaphor closer um there's there's a there's a verse or the psalm you know you know you are a lamp unto my feet you know i will follow you in all my ways like the, the path is not on in the ditch, either side. The path is in the middle. It is. And that's a moderate, focused, straightforward path. It is. And if you, if your temptation is to go extreme on either side, you're going to end up trawling through mud, and eventually you're going to get buried. And you're going to fall gonna, in the ditch. Gonna have, yeah, you're going to have a hard time getting out of it <laughs> yep. and back on the path of true righteousness. Oh, and fact. I'm not saying that like I'm the true Christian and I know everything. I don't. But I know enough to know what's good, yeah, and what's gonna gonna distract you. And mm-hmm. I know that in that that center, that moderate, that middle of the road, that that's where Christ lived. Christ didn't live on either side because when he was on that road, he would see people in the ditch and he would go and get them out. <laughs> that, oh, the woman at the well, go good, and sin no more. Get point. back, get back on the path. Get back on here with me. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go to. Let's go to Christ. Let's go to heaven. Let's get on the right path. He would pull like. The guys, Hmm. the, um, the guy, he, I think it was, was Zacchaeus was blind or something. Zacchaeus, the tax collector was in the tree. Oh yeah. Yeah. Zacchaeus was in the tree. He said, Hey, come down from that tree, come down and hang out with me in the middle of my path. Yeah. Like the healings that he did and the things that he did were, were built to pull people out of that muck and out of those, those, the the ditch. And that's what, what would Jesus do? He'd pull you out of the ditch. He wouldn't. He would tell you, "Don't go back into that ditch.
0: <laughs> Get on
1: the path with me, yeah. and let's continue on to my father. Let's continue on. This the the guy on the the, the uh, thief on the cross.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I will. I, I, I have lived a terrible life. I've done bad things. A, you as as I le- as as I stay here today, you will you will be with me in, the he- in heaven. I'm bringing you back to the path. I'm bringing mm. you back to the center path with me. There. And so." when you and and i guarantee you if you look at any of his his ministry in the bible we could dig into it at some point down the road oh yeah but everything that he did with people it wasn't uh well you're done or you're going back in the mud it's no i'm pulling you out and i want you to walk with me i want you to be with me i want you to be lockstep with me like i want the, the, the disciples that followed him followed him on that path yeah and one of them deviated well they got called out I mean, Peter, when he denied the Christ three times, guess what happened the next time he ran into Christ? Christ said, hey buddy, by the way, remember, remember that those three times you denied me?
0: Remember I told you it was gonna happen?
1: So he's calling him out and saying, hey, get back on the path with me. Get yeah. back to where you need to. And he did. And he did, but but that's, and I, I think that that's, that's really hard for people to get is, is that that center path, it's the path of righteousness. It's the right path. It's not one side or the other. It's just a path of righteousness.
0: Um, and it can be a hard one too. It can be hard. Yeah,
1: it can be. I don't know if that message is applicable or if people will listen to it today.
0: Because That's you have a good point.
1: so many the church the church scene is so crazy. It's so much different than it was in two thousand one. Oh, it is, yeah and there's a lot of online churches there's a, there's still the, the mega church issue is still there it's even
0: it's much bigger now yeah it's a lot much larger bigger.
1: and Joel Osteen is still around for whatever reason we haven't I don't know why we haven't we haven't put him in solitary in confinement at Guantanamo Bay <laughs> sorry that was that was extreme <laughs> i apologize oh, i did not actually i just it was it was in my head like <laughs> if you've ever watched Jeff Dunham when he does his ventriloquist oh, act yeah. he'll say things and he's like i can't believe i just said that I apologize to Joel Osteen it <laughs> did not actually mean that you deserve to be in Guantanamo Bay because you haven't committed <laughs> high crimes against States. You have committed some crimes against Christ. So if there's a Guantanamo for Christians, uh, you're going there. But oh right, that's oh, purgatory. That's hell. Okay, that just so, was, we're, clear, just so, so we're clear. That was so clear. That was so good. <laughs> oh my but goodness. like that's the truth like right because <laughs> I mean I guarantee you if Christ came down and sat down with Joel Osteen he'd be like, "Come on, man." Bro, you we what you're, are, you're We got to talk. Like, You got it. You got You got it. There's got to be some radical. You change. Jacked up. You, man. You, you 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 done then? you done messed up. Hey, Aaron, or done messed <laughs> you up. You done did messed up. You man. done done messed up. So, goodness gracious, anyway. That that's kind of my my perspective. And I've been a part of mega churches, I've been a part of smaller churches. Yep. I've been a church, I've been a part of small groups. Yeah, I've been a part of home churches.
0: Man, you've been a part I've of been a lot I've been around. I've been an
1: intern, I've been an employee, I've been a volunteer, man. I've led small groups, I've led large groups, I've led worship, I have done it all. And I wouldn't change it, because the churches I was a part of within that, yep. they were difference makers for the kingdom. They weren't in it to be glorified. Yeah, they were in it because they wanted Christ to be glorified. That's right. And they wanted to disciple kids. They wanted to disciple adults. They wanted to help draw them closer to Christ. Because once you're when you draw closer to Christ as a community, that allows you to continue to draw others in, but allows you to go out and do so much yep. more for God and do so much more for Jesus and do so much more for for His, for Him. Yeah, for the future. Um set it for
0: ourselves. Yeah.
1: All right. So that's my story. It's time for your story, I suppose. That was I'll...
0: incredible. <laughs> Man, how am I, I supposed to follow
1: that? I haven't really <laughs> talked about the thing is I haven't really talked about it. I haven't ever recorded myself talking about it. Like I've 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 it's shared it with, with friends in pieces. Um, but it's it's a when I you're right, looking back on that, it's a wild journey. It is, yeah.
0: It's um, pretty incredible.
1: To go from, you know, four square charismatic to no. what I feel like is you know buttoned down Methodist. Oh yeah, I you can know tell you that. It's, yeah. it's an interesting kind of. But having been a part of non-denom, non-denominationals, inter Oh yeah, and and others that I didn't mention, like. It's been a trip, but after forty-one years, of of well, I would say probably maybe what four, thirty-five years, maybe of being a Christian. Oh, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll subtract some years out of that. Um. I truly still believe in it. I truly still follow it. I Turn. believe Christ is in in my life and I believe um, it too. I've but but and I know people, a lot of people will be like, "Well, the reason why I don't believe in Christ is because of some of his followers." And it's like, "Well, have you seen our presidential situation lately? <laughs> have you looked at our president? Uh, like I mean, if you go if you go through every single president, I not, mean, not not recent. I'm not even going recent. <laughs> I'm just saying overall because we don't want to get too political here today. But like if you look at the last what We've had what, 45, 46, now, 47? 47, 47, 47. If you look at all those presidents, those men were flawed. There are things hugely George flawed. George Washington to Jeff, like all those dudes, JFK. they were they yeah, they were a hot mess, right? Yeah. They were broken human beings. And so, if you're going to suggest that the Christianity that there's certain groups in the Christianity that have you turned off to being following Christ or in, in engaging with it or at least trying it or believing it, uh, then if that's the case. You can't just apply that to Christianity. You got to apply it everywhere, and start with the presidency, and then start with the government, and start with the Senate, start with the House, start with go. like if you really want, if you really want to apply that schema, then you don't believe in anything.
0: <laughs> Therefore, you're agnostic. But then, and there's
1: no hope for you, both politically and religiously. So nihilism. Welcome to Arby's. There you go. Well, the Arby's.
0: And I mean, that's the thing, though, is like a lot of a lot of the people that I've met in my life, yeah. They they are one of the extreme or the other. Yeah. I have met both atheists yeah. who are hard atheists. Right. One of them sits right in there. Yeah. And he says, I will never believe. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yes, you will. Someday you will. Yeah. You'll, or you, you'll when, make a choice. When you grow some sense, you'll, right. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll believe. But yeah. So if you're ready for my story, that was an amazing story. My goodness. Well explained. Holy moly.